0: Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeYop.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us and it's free. That's M I K E Y O P P.com. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk Interviews with the Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our lives this week coming to me live from the san francisco bay area is a good friend of mine christopher marquise he's also known by many as dub sonata and he's a musician as well as producer and he's been a widely published landscape photographer this guy is all about music and also philosophy so welcome to the show chris thank you guys for having me i'm happy to be here it's it's super fun to reconnect with you and uh you know i've I've uh, been with you in Thailand. I've been with you in the Bay Area. I've been with you in New York. So uh, it's cool to see the intersections of uh, the many paths we've crossed and taken in life. We have one standard question we always ask our guests, and it's kind of boring, but it uh, helps our audience get to know you. So can you tell us um, how old you are, where you grew up, which I kind of said in the intro, and then what generation, if any, that you belong to? Sure.
1: Um, so I'm 40 years old. I grew up in New York City. And um... I guess technically I'm a millennial but only by a few months. I I think I identify more with uh Gen X.
0: Yeah. Uh we're certainly we're we're cuspers um everyone our age so we're the same age and all that. Um
1: Yeah. Awkward generation uh but yeah, I guess right right in between the two. Uh we we were sandwiched. I guess some days I'm a millennial, some days I'm not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're doing a podcast together. So that kind of puts us in millennial category, but then uh, the way we talk, I would say is more Gen X. And actually it's kind of related to me, at least Um, you're actually born and raised in New York city and not New York state and not upper upstate New York and all that. And um, I was actually believe it or not born in New York city, but I'm not raised there. Uh, But would you kind of like for a lot of people in our audience, I mean, you must've seen New York go through a lot of different changes. Um, Is that true? And do you have any like, Opinions on that.
1: Yeah, sure. New York certainly changed a lot while I was growing up. Of course, um, during, I guess, what what some would refer to as New York's crazier era during my lifetime, you know, the 80s, I was a little kid, so I I might not have been aware of just how crazy it was. Um, But, you know, and, and, you know, with change, I think always comes good and bad, you know, so in the eighties and certainly before that there was certainly more crime and more grit and grime. And, uh, you know, nobody really wants that, but when you take away the grit and grime, you know, I guess some, some places lose a little bit of their magic and, you know, I don't. I, I haven't lived in New York for ten years, so I I really can't speak on it as a as a present day New Yorker. But it is. It I don't even think it. Uh, when I go back there for visits frequently, it doesn't uh, even resemble the New York that I remember. And again, the, you know, for for both better and worse, uh, it's safer. I, 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 some people would would say that i'm wrong in 2022 but in some ways it's a safer place it's certainly cleaner but it's also less affordable um i can relate to that i by the time i was you know 20 25 30 years old i didn't feel like i a normal you know lower middle class person could even afford to barely rent let alone uh you know, think about purchasing a, a place, even a one bedroom condo in the neighborhood that I grew up in, which I mean, what kind of what kind of city is that? What kind of place is that where the people that were born and raised there can barely afford to stay afloat? So anyway, I ramble. But yeah, New York, it's a great place. I, I think it's the greatest city in the world still. I love it. I miss it. I think about moving back there three times a day. Um, but, it, you know, everything changes.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why I asked you, because I think it totally has to do with metaphysics and, like, the other questions we're going to get into as this podcast develops. And then the other reason I find it funny is that I'm from where you currently live, and I would give, like, word for word the same answers. Um, So it's interesting to me, because the Bay Area, like, I was uh, just there visiting, and my heart like swoons at like every site and it's so familiar to me and it's like where I grew up and I call it home sometimes by mistake because I haven't lived there uh, in five or six years, but I also can tell people that, you know, the cost of living, everything you said. And so it's, it's insane to me to just think about where we live and like the choices we make. And to me, this is relevant to spirituality because I feel like you have a calling to places and things like that. So kind of on that same note, uh, what did bring you to the Bay Area eventually?
1: Well, um, yeah, it it, it is on the same note. I just kind of needed a break from New York. Um, You know, I did not move out here planning on staying. It's been 10 years almost to the day, believe it or not, um, since I drove out here. I I just needed a break, you know. I was pretty much living in a, in a windowless recording studio. Uh, I it wasn't really the, the healthiest uh, of existences mentally or physically. I was just grinding, working a lot, uh, not really living, just working um, like a lot of New Yorkers do lifestyle wise. And um, it, you know, it just kind of drove me a, a little bit crazy. I reached a number of breaking points, And I remember it was one particular traffic jam that I was just sitting in a parking lot on the West Side Highway where I said, man, this just sucks. This sucks. This just sucks. And – I wanted something different. I didn't want to leave New York. I still identify as a New Yorker. I I can, you know, move to the the moon and still consider myself a New Yorker. I just wanted to leave New York. I wanted to leave everything that I was doing every day, every night behind for a little while and take a long break, not a vacation, not a week or a month. I just wanted to go like a one way exit plan and, um, you know, just be out for a while. I chose the Bay Area. I had a lot of friends here, um, you know, some mutual friends of, of ours, of course. Um, I, la- I landed here. I took well to the area. I had been a frequent visitor for a long time as it was. And, uh, you know, here I am 10 years later. I mean, I, I, I really couldn't have picked a, a greater place in the 48 states. Uh, I think that it, it, as far as I go, I think it's here or in New York. I love them both
0: that's really cool. Yeah. And me too, actually. And, uh, here's like a really cool compliment I can throw your way. Um, you have, you're a great photographer, first of all, not just good. I mean, I really, really sincerely encourage our audience to check out his work, but you take photos of places like I grew up seeing and I never even saw what you see. Like you, you must like, just, I mean, uh, get up at like the strangest hours, sit all day at places and stuff, but you have captured the beauty of the Bay area on like a level that I, am. Not jealous of because I'm not a photographer, but like I wish my eyes saw what you see. So I'm curious, like has photography always been something you were into, or did that come like later? Because we are going to get into your music and stuff, but um, what did that start when you moved there, or, or what? What's the story?
1: Yeah, it kind of started um, when I moved out here. So my my mother is a photographer, a photojournalist. So I did grow up around, um, you know, her work her colleagues, other photographers, camera gear, you know, the bathroom in our apartment was a dark room sometimes, Uh, you know, uh, I I always enjoyed taking pictures, but it was more of, uh, you know, something I did when I was traveling or just something I did to document a memory or to show off, look what I did, look where I was, show my friends or what have you. Um, it wasn't ever something that I studied or focused on <clears throat> or treated the way that I treat music, for instance, which was trying to make tr- – always trying to produce a, a piece, of, a final piece of artwork that other people can enjoy. I didn't look at photography like that until I moved out here. Um, incidentally, uh, you know, I, I, I felt for a while like I was on a vacation when I moved here, I was in a new place, but I was living here. It was like a long-term vacation. The Bay area, as you know, is a a beautiful place, Um, you know, within a, you know, a a half hour hour in any direction from San Francisco, Oakland, Marin, wherever you could have, uh, you know, you have national parks, you have redwoods, forests, beaches, blah, blah, blah. So there's no shortage of beautiful things to photograph. And, um, because I felt like I was I was on a vacation, I found myself taking a camera with me everywhere I went. Because everywhere I went, kind of felt new for a while, um, and that that's kind of what what started my journey. As a photographer, as opposed to, you know, a lot of people would say the same thing about New York City, people, New York transplants, people that got to New York at at age 20 or 30 and didn't grow up there, they see it as an exotic place, even the grimiest, darkest corners and alleyways of New York, they see it like, wow, that's crazy. Whereas to me, it's just normal and regular. That's the way I looked at the beauty of the Bay Area, the fog and the hills and the, the mountains and beaches and the whole coastline. Uh, you know, it was foreign to me. So it was exciting and it, it, it inspired me to capture it and document it and and start looking at photography as an art form as opposed to just something I did, you know, to preserve memories or show off or, you know, look at me, look, what, look where I was, look what I did.
0: That's cool. That's cool. And I have a lot of questions I think I'm going to tie back to this. um, But I'll I'll probably just circle back around. So moving kind of backwards to the other thing, which is actually your livelihood, which is music. Um, This is like a weird question, but before you get into all the stuff about music that I'm going to ask you, what do you think about music videos? Just because I think, like, since you just talked about beauty and the profundity of, like, photography and stuff, and since you're so good at both, have you – is that something you're interested in? Were you interested in it as a kid growing up?
1: In making them?
0: Uh, not just making them, but like, do you feel like music needed the video? Like, do you, how do you feel about the fact that, like, in our lifetime, we saw MTV, like, go into, like, almost this weird thing where, like, the video itself was more important than the quality of the song? Um, stuff like that. And if I'm putting words in your mouth, just say so.
1: No, you're not. No, so that's a, a great question. I mean, I, I enjoy watching music videos, and some of them are done masterfully. Um, I, I do think that they are there to support music. And unfortunately, from a marketing standpoint, I think a lot of music suffers from not having music videos in the cases that that songs don't have them. Uh, and it sucks because it's easier to market something that you can see and watch. It's easier to keep people in tune, listening, watching, whatever the case may be, if there's more than just one, one sense that's being stimulated. Uh, music, for, for musicians, music is the product, but you need to stimulate the visual sense in order to keep people tuned in. So it's, it can be a blessing and a curse. It's a double-edged sword. Uh, You know, I I deal with these questions all the time. I make music. uh, But then the question becomes, okay, well, what are we going to do for a video for this song? Well, I don't want to make a video. I don't care about that. That's not my job. I'm not a videographer. I made the song. I want people to listen to it. Um, but you know, when it comes to selling the music and getting people to listen to it and getting people exposed to it, those are real problems. And if you're, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily make music to, to be successful. I make music just because I, I like making it, but there, there does come a point in time where you, you do have to start thinking about, you know, the success and the sustainability of what you're doing. So, yeah, I guess, uh, we're, what I'm saying is that videos are, they're, they're great. They can be great. They can be uh, pieces of art in and of themselves. Uh, they can also be headaches.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and cool. So, I mean, like I said, I, I do these interviews very differently. Sometimes I work backwards. Sometimes I work linearly. So today I'm kind of all over the place, but in my head I'm creating a tapestry that totally makes sense to me. Cause I'm trying to pick your brain about art and you're growing up, and, and then how that's going to interconnect with like what I consider to be the spiritual side of art. So you did mention your mother and that she was a photog- photographic journalist, I believe you said. And uh, I am curious about your upbringing with regards to religion or the lack thereof. So were you raised religiously? Are you still religious? Can we kind of get into that a little bit?
1: Sure. I, I am not religious at all. Um, I was raised a uh, – how do I put it? I would say I was raised as a casual Catholic. I, I went to church on Sundays and I went to Sunday school and I was, uh, you know, baptized, received my first Holy communion. I was confirmed around the eighth grade. You know, I went through all those normal, typical protocols. Um, But yeah, once I was confirmed, uh, I remember vividly my mother saying, well, you know, you're now confirmed. You're now whatever that even means in the Catholic Church. You're, a, you know, an adult member of the, of the church. And, you know, it's up to you now whether you go to church on Sundays. And I looked at her like, really? Like after all these Sundays, it's now just up to me? No, I'm not no, I don't want to go to church anymore. I'm you know, with with respect to religious people, I I, I never liked it. I didn't enjoy it. I sat there. it was boring to me. I, I, there was nothing engaging about it. you know, as soon as I was old enough to like critically question some things, I, like when school broke and there was no more Sunday school, like for the summer, I'd say like, wait, so wait. People just don't just go to church in the summer. They just stop for a couple months and then pick back up in in the fall. Like that's weird. Does is that what God's about? So I just kind of saw the BS in it for what it was. And of course, it's just my maybe ignorant opinion of it. Um, I never liked it. I wasn't I wasn't into it. And I, you know, once I was confirmed, it was just strictly weddings and funerals for me. I'm not really into organized religion. I respect everybody who is. Some people get a lot out of it. I never did. Um, I I probably see the darker the darker sides of it uh, than than the brighter sides of it. I guess that's just the kind of person I am, maybe. But. Yeah, not not very religious these days.
0: Totally makes sense to me. And so then what about like, and it's the vaguest term on earth, but it does have its place and purpose. What about spirituality in general? Like, are you a spiritual person? Were you a spiritual person?
1: Sure, yeah. I, I think I am to a degree a spiritual person. I certainly don't think that, you know, human beings are the end all higher power. Uh, you know, we're not God. I, you know, there's something out there. Probably many bigger and greater things out there, um, and, and yeah, I mean, sometimes I even find myself—I don't know if I don't know if I'm praying, but I'm doing something. I, you know, it's hard to even categorize and put in words what I do sometimes. In you know, in my darker moments, in my better moments, some you know, whether I'm asking for help or hoping for help or thanking uh, God or the universe or something for, you know, the, the things that I've been blessed with, what, what have you? Yeah. I, I find myself trying to, you know, come to terms with and understand and, and, and relate with whatever else is out there, but I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just a, a stupid human, you know, I'm a lowly creature. And, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly know that there's more out there. I don't I don't find any I don't get anything out of going into a building and tithing and giving money in a basket and going up and getting a little wafer on my tongue. None of that stuff does anything for my spirituality. Personally, for other people it does, for my close family, people that I love and hold dearly to my heart, they they would think I'm going to hell for the things I'm saying right now. That's okay. I think all that stuff is junky. Um, I, I get the same satisfaction uh, with my own relationship to my inner self and to greater powers out there in the sky, in the earth, whatever, uh, just in my own crazy head.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, that's great. Uh, as my mom always says, from your lips to God's ears, because I definitely gel with that answer a lot, uh, especially just the. It's such an interesting phrasing. You said in my darker and my better moments. And I think that's like a really great point to think about. So kind of on that subject, um, it's, it's not necessarily dark or bad, but, um, what do you think is going to happen to you when you die? Like not to other people, but what do you, what's your fantasy or your opinion of your own death?
1: Oh, it's definitely not a fantasy. I mean, I want to live forever. Um, e- e- even in my most miserable moments, I don't, I don't want to die. It's the last thing I want to do. I just want to be here, um, and continue growing and being better, uh, better. I don't know I, I I have I have a feeling that I just die and that your matter just ceases to have any kind of biological life and 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 you're just over. That's kind of what what i I think happens i hope I hope I'm wrong i just I haven't been able to like find any sort of real realistic explanation that I can come to terms with and truly believe where uh, where life continues. I, I, I hope, I really hope I'm wrong and I search for it and look for it, but I fear that, that we are, you know, we are just matter. We're biological matter. And then, and then we're done.
0: You said you search for it. How do you search? I mean, I know I do too, but uh, what is your way of searching?
1: I just think about it. I just think about it. I mean, you know, at 40 years old, we, we all know, you know, people, uh many people who've passed on and um you know i just i i i i don't know maybe search isn't the right word i think about it all the time um i maybe my brain is just more limited than other people's but i don't i can't wrap my head around like you know like like uh deeper dimensions I, like i i can read that stuff I, I i hear the words i'm not i'm not one of these people who you know thinks uh necessarily or believes truly believes that when our body dies our our spirit and mind wanders elsewhere i i hope that's the case i really do if it is i just don't understand i don't understand it i i am hoping i'm wrong In fact, I'm gambling on it being wrong because, like I said already, I want to live forever. I don't want to just die. You know, I am afraid. I'm afraid of dying. I don't, I mean, I think about it all the time. I don't want to die. I want to just chill. I want to be here. Even if I'm like, you know, miserable, broke, poor, lonely, I'll find a way out of it. Just let me be alive.
0: Man, I know we have a lot in common, but that is probably the weirdest thing we have in common is that, (laughs) I mean, and I know I was put to that test a couple of years ago. And I remember saying it to all my friends. I'm like, even if this is the rest of my life, I am here. I I just, it's like a movie and I'm, whether I even, I have popcorn or not, I'm watching it. So I love that answer. Um, And then I kind of, uh, I hope this isn't rude and I hope it's not too uncomfortable, but you did agree to come on a podcast about death. So what was like your earliest experience with death and how do you think that affected you? Well, with
1: actual death, you know, I mean, family members dying. My my grandfather, I think my first grandparent to pass away was when I was eight or nine. And a couple of years before that, it was my great uncle. So it was probably those two members of my family passing, uh, which were definitely tough, very tough. I was you know, just on the cusp of, uh, you know, that, that age and that state of awareness where I, I realized that these people were not coming back anymore and that they were just dead. You know, they were dead. They had, you know, they had heart attacks. They died in a hospital, and it sucked. Uh, and that, that, that sucked for me. But I think what had much more of a greater effect on me and a very bad one was both of my parents having and thank god surviving cancer around the same time which placed me in hospitals for like four straight years like several days a week just because you know they had to also watch over me while they were fighting cancer so i was hyper aware of like sickness and the you know possibility of death during uh you know before i hit 10 years old wait way before that in fact you know four five six seven years old surrounded by that and that stuff affects me to this day i mean i'm just i'm scared like i hate doctors i hate all that so i'm desperately afraid uh, mortified of all that kind of stuff i can barely stand to talk about it i mean not in this moment i don't mind talking about it at all but generally speaking like applicable to, to to everyday life i don't like i can't even like think about that kind of stuff It, but of course i do, i but of course i do think about it constantly you know what i mean
0: yeah i really know what you mean <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of curious uh the thing you want to be wrong about which is that when you're you die that's it it's all over but uh if that is the case what would you want your legacy to be
1: oh just pieces of artwork that i that i make that people can enjoy the things that I did while I was alive beyond, uh, beyond the time that I am alive. I mean, that's kind of why I I do this stuff. I don't, you know, like I said, like with photography, for instance, uh, before I moved here and really started studying it uh, and treating it like a profession, I did it just for myself, you know? Um, Now I don't. And the same the same goes and, and has always gone uh, for the music work I do, which is I, I, you know, I make it. Yeah, I love it and I enjoy it. But, you know, once it's done, I never listen to it anymore. Once a, a song that I do or that I produce or help write with somebody, once we finish it, I mean, I never listen to my own things. It's there for the world. It's there and, you know, we'll be here until the earth implodes. I, I don't know that that and 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 i and i hope that everybody who interacted with me you know is is glad that they got a chance to do so when i'm gone because they'll all be gone shortly after so really the the only things that we're really going to leave behind are you know a a a handful of of memories uh and then those will all fade when everybody else that that holds on to those memories fades. so for 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 creatives like myself. I think it's, it's the things that I make. I want to, I want to, that is my legacy.
0: That's cool. Um, I don't know if you remember meeting me because it was a very different experience for you than it was for me. I was going with my friend to his old college to meet a ton of people at once. And you were one of those people. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not going to be offended if you don't remember meeting me at that age, but you were like 21, 22. So was I, and you were about as different then from now as i could like possibly think in my brain now of course this is my memory and i was like i said visiting but i am curious if you a see that in yourself and b was there one singular like moment that changed you the way i think you changed or was it like a slow gradual thing
1: oh uh, i i think it was a slow gradual thing but there have been many uh many um what's the word uh, milestone moments, uh, for better, many for worse. That that, that have um, that have helped me grow and change. Uh, in some ways, I am the exact same person as I was twenty years ago. The exact,
0: yeah, undeniably, in a good way too. I mean,
1: sure, sure. All I mean, also in a bad way. I'm not. I'm far from perfect, but I I I am very much the you know the same person. Uh, to my core, as I was when I was a kid. But thank God, uh, in many other ways, I'm so... I wouldn't even say I'm smarter. I've just shed a lot of, you know, the dumb, stupid layers uh, of of my youth. And I'm um, probably more rational, logical, calm, more centered, less extreme.
0: I, I just... Uh, the reason I brought it up, it's the calmness. It's It's nothing else. It's that you are literally one of the more like calm people I know now. And it's not that you weren't calm. Again, I'm not trying to like bring up who you were or anything like that. It's more that I feel like our audience could really learn something from you because you are very wise. You are a profound thinker. And I know you talked about, you know, like reading and thinking and all that and stuff. But I mean, you are, you're just like a very, but you also have this personality where people really pay attention to you and listen to you. And you have like an ability to, rub off on others in a very good way. And so I'm curious about the calmness because, uh, you know, I'd seen you, I, I saw you like 2013 through 2016, a lot. And then I didn't see you at all until a re- recent friend's wedding. And I mean, I've seen you again, it was awesome. And, and you're just like even more awesome. And so I'm kind of curious how you would explain that calmness specifically.
1: Um, I guess maybe it's learning through experiences and, um, you know, maybe some successes, but a lot of mistakes where not being calm d- results in um, uh, yields results that that you didn't necessarily seek. And I think being as calm as you can and trying to think things through before taking action, often yeah yields yields the results that you actually want to produce
0: that's a great answer i totally understand that yeah and thank you um this has been a fantastic podcast for me i i could ask you so many more questions i mean i wanted to ask you a lot about art and commercialism and uh how the intersection works for you and you know advice for younger people just starting out unfortunately i do not have time for any of those so maybe i'll have you back on in the future but i do always leave um my guests the floor i let you just kind of say whatever you want to say. And and believe me, you can ramble. I am down with whatever you want to say. So this is it. This is your floor to uh, say whatever you want to say to an audience of curious, not like-minded individual thinkers who love to hear people talk about their life and death.
1: Sure. Well, thank you for listening and thank you for having me. Um, you know, uh, I hope uh, for everyone who disagrees with, uh, the things that I said I hope I didn't rub anybody the wrong way I'm uh, certainly uh, you know uh, open and accepting of, of of everybody and everybody's ideas and thoughts and feelings on religion spirituality I know I might have said a couple of things that that were a bit harsh but um yeah you know it's a, it's a weird subject and, and it is what it is as far as my work uh, if anybody's interested in checking out my uh, photography stuff. It's my full name.com, Christopher And if you want to look up uh, any of the music that I've released or produced, you can look up Dub Sonata, which is my stage name pseudonym. Um, I've got a couple, uh, I've got one new, new project coming out this year um, on Man by Stock Records, and another old project called Nights in Cuba that's going to be re released as a double LP. On vinyl, also on the same record label, uh, which I'm excited about, and I've been, uh, you know, producing for a for a handful of of artists, frequent collaborators, and some some people that are uh, that I haven't worked with before. Um, yeah, and uh, I think. Oh, and one more thing, if you are if you happen to be a fan of either Latin jazz or The Grateful Dead. I am executive producing a project called The Latin Dead, which is basically a 10-piece Latin ensemble that performs the music of The Grateful Dead. It is very cool. Uh, we've got some of the most well-known, most uh, respected musicians, not only in The Grateful Dead scene, but in the Latin jazz salsa scene that are contributors to this project. It's really cool. We're hoping to release this, uh, this first album that we just recorded later this year and hopefully take the show on the road. Again, it's called The Latin Dead. Uh, any Latin jazz or Grateful Dead fans, check that out. I think that you'll be uh, you know, really interested in, in the work that we're doing.
0: That is so cool. Um, I've definitely listened to a lot of your music, and I love it. And uh, as I already raved, I love your photography as well. And as a huge Grateful Dead fan who's from the Bay Area, I will 100% be checking that out. So, um, Chris, thank you again so much uh, for helping us put another nail in the coffin. You've been a wonderful guest. You're also a wonderful human. Thank you, Mike. And uh, thank you for friendship as well. And for our audience listening at home, I hope you enjoyed another episode of Coffin Talk, Interviews with the Living. Once again, my name is Mike Oppenheim, and the best way to support the show is just simply to subscribe and then uh also go to mikeyop.com and maybe subscribe to the essay that comes out every week that goes tied into the podcast um, other than that just uh listen when you can maybe help us by telling a friend but either way we just wish you peace and love and everything else good that can come your way so thank you to everyone and we will see you soon Walking alone when I hear this song.